The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to The Truth Is Out There, the unofficial The X-Files internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. I am your host, Special Agent Samantha Hoover. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fox's The X-Files. Please welcome my co-hosts, Special Agent Greg. Hello. Special Agent Madison. Hey. And Special Agent Poppy Chulo. Welcome, welcome. Alright, so let's jump into our recap of Season 10, Episode 5, titled Babylon, and aired February 15th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of this episode. An art gallery that's showing potentially offensive artwork is bombed, and Mulder and Scully try to communicate with the comatose bomber to prevent a future attack. A pair of younger FBI agents on the case push Mulder and Scully to examine their own beliefs. Before we jump into the initial reactions, let's check in with the ratings. Babylon was viewed by 7.07 million total viewers and scored a 2.1 in the 18-49 to demographic. Okay, so what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? I'm going to start with Poppy. I liked the episode. I thought it was uh, an interesting episode because of uh, the sort of like the odd dynamic that was thrown into the mix of having two younger agents that were very uh, Mulder and Scully-esque. So I thought that was interesting. I loved the psychedelic uh, I don't even know what we would call it. uh, Sequence, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, the trip. uh, The trip. The psychedelic trip that we uh, took with uh, Mulder. I thought that was really interesting. And uh, yeah, I think overall it was a decent episode. All right, Madison, what was your initial reaction of this episode? Well, um, to be quite honest, I was a little concerned, a little worried when the whole terrorist um, like plot started. Um, just because of what you know our world and what our society is going through today, it was just kind of like it hit a little little nerves, or you know, it might cause people to worry or. It's just, it's something that we're all talking about now, and it's just, I don't know, like, are we supposed to be, like, talking about it on TV shows kind of thing? I don't know. Um, But other than that, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Um, The fact that there was two younger uh, agents, I was a little scared that they were trying to be the next, you know, Mulder and Scully, because that's not happening. So I just wanted to nip that in the butt right there. But um, other than that, it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, they looked so much like, and acted like season one Mulder and Scully, and I was like, I'm not 
we're not starting this over again. I don't want nine years of this. Like, yeah, like that, Sully... is, that is not the point. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they were, like, assigned, I guess, to help them out. But, yeah, they're not taking over for sure. Yeah. And, Greg, what was your initial reaction to this episode? We've got a big old love-hate relationship with it. I really, really loved about half of the elements. And then the other half of the elements, the whole uh, terrorism subplot. Gave me some uh, heebie-jeebies. Not a big fan. Um, so I think overall I liked it. But my uh, my reaction to that opener was, there's no way they're doing that. And then they just did it. And I was kind of bummed out. Yeah, that's out. what I thought, Greg. Like, yeah. I just, when they, when he was like, in the beginning when he was praying and stuff like that, I was like, okay, like, whatever. Like, he's doing his thing. And, and then all of a sudden, like, they just go into this building and you know blow it up and i was like oh this is how we're doing it oh okay like it was just so stereotypical so you know i don't know i just i felt like we shouldn't be talking about it i guess or it was kind of a cheap shot yeah i don't know i, mean, I just it's... i felt like it wasn't right because of everything that's been going on i don't know maybe it's just me but i don't know like for journalists and stuff it's nothing wrong you know, to talk about it, because we talk about it every day, but I don't know. It's supposed to be sci-fi. It's not supposed to be, I don't know, I guess, and like... I think, I think it's maybe a little more sensitive, because I read somewhere, or I was watching, I have the DVD, and I was watching it, and I think they based that off of, of an actual art gallery bombing in Texas, and I was like, uh, but why? So I was kind yeah. of like, I, I do like... Besides this episode, I do like how they are incorporating what's happening in 2016 into the the series. I like that, yes. but they yeah. there's a there's a line being crossed here, and in some like I like you guys said in Greg, and in some parts of it, it was great, like the way they um they kind of portrayed it, but in other ways, it was kind of just like okay, this is very sensitive, and there's people being killed because they're Americans, or there's you know just because. These people that are radicalists have a hate on for North American people. It's like, should we really be doing an episode about this? Like, it's mm -hmm. very, it's crossing a lot of lines. I mean, for me, yeah, I was also concerned, like, you, like you guys. Um, I did like the episode overall. Like, I think Mulder's psychedelic, you know, uh, paranormal activity that that was pretty funny. I think that's kind of saved it for me. And the fact that he thought like magic mushrooms would help him communicate with the terrorists was really like that was really creative, and I really liked that. So it kind of, I don't know if that would save the episode for me, but overall I did like it. But yeah, it was very, um, eh, you know, you know, it. It's one I, of those I'm, situations where it's like, uh, almost like, how do you know if you've fallen in love? You just kind of know that something was wrong about the way they told the first half of that story. And you don't need anybody to even analyze it for you. You just, like, as you're watching it, you're like, this feels gross. Ugh. Yes, thank you. That was exactly what I was feeling. All right, so before we get into a thorough recap, here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. Follow the show on Tumblr, thexfiles-pcr.com. Follow the station on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at Radio. Help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at PoppyChuloRadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at PoppyChuloRadio.com. 
Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And search for The Truth Is Out There through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. All right, guys, let's get into this uh, this mess here. So, the episode opens with a young Muslim man doing stretches and chanting in Arabic, God is the greatest. God hears the one who praises him. Peace and mercy of Allah be on you. And I gotta say, when this episode opened like this, I was like, okay, I'd like to see the day in the life of a Muslim man. Like, that's, that's a cool way to open it. That's how I kind of thought um, about this. So once he was done praying, he heads to the kitchen to make some food. We notice a picture of Osama bin Laden on his fridge, along with a few other photos in Arabic letterings. We then see the man on the road, and he's stopped at a light. A truck pulls up beside him, and people inside begin to make racist jokes toward the man, to which he rolls his windows up. Once he arrives at his destination, another man is waiting for him. He picks him up, and the two travel to an art gallery somewhere in Texas. The one man parks the car, and they both say this prayer. Open my chest, Allah. Ease my tasks. Remove impediment from my speech. They get out of the car and walk into the gallery. Moments later, the art gallery explodes. Screams are heard immediately, and a few people run out of the building on fire. So I kind of know how you guys are going to react to this, but I have to ask, what did everyone think of this as the opening scene? Boo? Is boo an acceptable answer? Boo. Yes, boo. absolutely. Bad choices. Um, I, I, I don't, I think that the, the Islamic population of the world gets enough, uh, enough bad press. They don't need fictional bad press as well. And they set it up like you were supposed to feel bad for this dude. And then, uh, turns out he was a giant sack of shit. And, uh, that made me feel really, as, as I mentioned before, just gross, just gross. Yeah, it was it was a little un- unnecessary, um, you know, like when he was stretching and doing his prayers and stuff. Like I was interested, I was okay, like no wrong, no, he's just doing his thing, you know. And then he was eating his food, and then I saw the picture, and I'm like, uh, but you seem like a pretty cool guy. What are you doing? And even like he was getting made fun of. His friends seemed pretty chill, and then they just go and blow it up like what what are you doing excuse me (laughs) like that was just a really little off way to start an episode i guess i was surprised that they went the terrorism route and this is another example of uh what we've been saying throughout all of these episodes of how the x-files has been thrust into modern times not just with technology but what with what has been going on in the world uh, since the series uh, went off the air. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, there was a part of me that was like, okay, I mean, it's it's starting off as terrorism, but I was like, is it going to be terrorism? This is the X-Files. Like, is it all of a sudden going to be that they're like under some sort of mind control from something? This is out of the other. Like my, in my mind, I was like, I don't think this is going to be like a straightforward terrorism storyline. I was like, there has to be some sort of twist. And then there wasn't. They just slap you in the face with it. Goes to show you that even the X-Files can let you down, right? I suppose. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, I was really expecting that reversal. 
You know, I, yeah. I I don't mean to cut you off. Just no, the no. the reversal is one of those things that I love about the X Files, because um, they they challenge your expectations of a story and they challenge your prejudices a lot of the time. And so everybody sees, you know, they they see how things start playing out in the beginning of the episode. And there is definitely a certain subset of the population that's immediately going to jump to the terrorism angle. And it would have been really great if you got all that way and then the building did explode and you were like oh that bastard and then later on they go oh you know what it wasn't even that it was supernatural spooky things but they didn't I wish they didn't do that that was really spoiler hmm. they let us down for real guys so yeah. yeah which sucks so you know you're getting into by listening to this podcast um so moving forward we meet up with fox Mulder and dana scully in Mulder's office they're trying to figure out why some witnesses heard trumpet-like sounds just seconds before the explosion. Mulder surprisingly quotes a verse in the Bible, Revelations 8, verse 2 to be exact, and infers that the sound was the herald of end times, the end of the world. Scully reminds him that there have been many prophecies like this that have failed, like uh, 2012, you know, the end of the world. That didn't go so well. Um, suddenly, there's a knock on the uh, door. and we're <laughs> That made me laugh, reaction. sorry. That's okay. Delayed reaction. Yeah, I had to think about it. <laughs> That's alright. Suddenly, there's a knock on the door, and we're introduced to agents Miller and Einstein, who look like uncanny replicas of Season 1 Mulder and Scully, and acts like them too. Mulder says one of the two suicide bombers survived, that is, he's in a vegetative state, so he's in a coma, and believes that he could have intel on another possible bombing that's being plotted right now. So in a way, he's suggesting they try and talk to the dead. Einstein would much rather try and stop live terrorists than waste their time. Mulder and Scully side with their respective mini-me's for a minute, but Einstein rushes them out of the door. Before they leave, Miller slips Mulder his card and plates for them to call if they find anything. Going along, we find Miller and Einstein at the airport. Miller is still questioning how a young man, the suicide bomber, can be taught such hatred. Einstein dismisses him, saying he won't tell him, and questions whether or not people actually take the X-Files seriously. Miller then gets a phone call and excuses himself. To his surprise, it's Scully. She says she has an idea of how to communicate with comatose terrorist, and that she needs to meet him in Texas. Einstein then gets a call from Mulder stating the same thing, only he's asking her to delay her trip to Texas. Miller and Einstein reconvene, and Einstein says she's catching the crazy train, and that she'll meet him in Texas. Alright, so, I've got to ask the question, what was your first impression of agents Miller and Einstein? Like I said earlier, I was just really hoping that they weren't trying to make, you know, these two younger people like Fox and Dana because I was not about that. I saw that she was a redhead and this guy was tall, handsome. I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm, this is not happening. Please, no, please don't try to introduce new characters so you can just kick out the old ones. That's not how it works, especially not for the X-Files. Um, I think Einstein was a little... You know, she had something up her butt. Uh, she was a little oh my. annoyed. I guess she really didn't want to be there. Whatever. Um, and he was very, very nice. Like, just like Fox. Kind of, you know, always hopeful. But I was really, really not... I did not want them to make this about them as a replacement. Because that would just piss me off. It's funny, though, too. Because in season 8 and 9... Uh, Dana and Fox were not the, the main 
I guess, agents because uh, Monica Reyes and John Doggett replaced well because Mulder went missing and he was abducted in season eight. So like Gasp. that. Yeah. Oh, shocker. You know, spoiler alert, you know, to like 20 years later. <laughs> um, I guess it's not really a spoiler alert then. But yeah, so that I liked those seasons. Like it was I just not the same with for me. So like I, I was kind of afraid that that like I guess like you said, that w- would be happening. But um I, I didn't like Einstein at first, actually. Like, she seemed like Dana on steroids. And I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, like from before. And I was like, I'm not liking this. She has an attitude. And, like, Dana was just, like, more asserting her skepticism and beliefs properly. Where Einstein's just like, you're you're all idiots and I need to get out of here. And I just didn't like that attitude. You know? It was just not right. Greg, yeah, Einstein kind of lived at 11. She was, she was a really <laughs> intense. Um... And I, as far as their introduction went, I actually uh, just, I wrote down, um, you know, Mox Fulder and, uh, and Saint Adully because they're, <laughs> they're just the same people oh, almost exactly there. and just like cranked up. Like they could that. not have been more transparent if they were trying to. But I think that the fact that everybody on screen also noticed that kind of eased the pain a little bit, but it did feel a little strange. Um... Overall, though, I actually ended up not hating those people nearly as much as I thought I was going to. So, they get a pass. Everyone loves Robbie and Mel, right? Adorable. <laughs> um, he was good know. on The Flash, but I don't know. I didn't mind them. My problem was, like, why make them, like, duplicates? Like, I would might have found it more interesting if, like, they would have been the role reversal, if she was the believer and he was a skeptic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although... No offense to Robbie and Mel, because you were good on The Flash, but I don't know if I would have be- been believing you as a scientist. Well, he's hot, so it really doesn't matter how he is, so... Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give he's hot, I'll believe him any day. Like, God, he's been in, like, so many, like, teenage movies and stuff, like, when he was younger, so, you know, like, he's just a pretty face, and it's okay, and uh, I'll deal with it. Well, there you go. But I think the role reversal would have been a little bit more interesting instead of them being, like, exact carbon copies, except on steroids. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I do not want these people to be a replacement. Like, you were literally putting them side to side and saying, yeah, this is, uh, you know, Scully and and Mulder are basically the same people, but... So, here you go. It's like, that is not happening. Thank you. If we wanted that, we'd watch season one again. So Exactly. You know. yeah. Well, there's that. But there was, was really at the worried. time discussion that they might get a spinoff or that they might be the headliners what? of a continuing series. What? Who's, who told you this? The oh, interwebs. Well, Major the entertainment internet. websites. Hmm. I don't like that. I, I was really why. worried that, uh, that they were going to bone. That Scully was going <laughs> to run off with Miller. Oh my gosh. Going to run off with... Mulder and or, yeah, hey, or vice versa. It's 2016, but I was I was genuinely Ooh. concerned um, because that just it it started to give me those like the the creepy feels when they write a character that's just oh look you fit exactly in this other more familiar character's arms. Let's just throw you right in there then. Hashtag I thought they were gonna bone. Yes, that's my official hashtag. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of... I'm glad... I didn't even think about that until you just said it. So I'm glad I didn't think about that. But I don't like that. And yeah. Um, that's so my usual just, first stop. That's okay. I like... No, I, I like the individuality. I like the diversity of this podcast. So I will accept that. 
So moving along, we then see another Muslim man who is making several bombs. <sighs> Ironically, he has a Texas news report playing in the background where two news anchors are splaying their hatred for radicals on TV. Back in Mulder's office, we see Mulder reading up on what looks like mushrooms. Einstein barges in and Mulder ask, asks her to take a seat. She warns him and says that the sh- she warns him and says that she cannot stand any woo-woo paranormal theories in this case. Mulder puts a spin on the matter and asks her if she has ever considered that words, thoughts, and emotions have mass, just like tangible objects do, to which Einstein retorts no. Mulder ignores her and says this is the key to thinking around terrorists, that these words, thoughts, and feelings can move people to do evil biddings. Switching back to Texas now, we see Miller and Scully meet up at the airport. Scully states that she may have a conventional way, to Miller's dismay, of reaching the terrorist, through science. Scully reveals that this is personal for her, telling Miller about how her mother was recently in a coma as well. Going back to DC, Einstein demands to know why Mulder thinks she is incapable of truly perceiving reality, and gives him exactly two minutes to pitch her his idea. Mulder then begins a short presentation on magic mushrooms. He explains that some test subjects have reported hidden truths to be revealed that soberly conscious mindsets do not allow for, all without altering brain makeup. Einstein asks if he's suggesting they give magic mushrooms to the terrorist, to which Mulder replies, no, I propose you administer them to me. That's a great idea. <laughs> Einstein says he could have easily called Scully, who is also a medical doctor, to administer these drugs, but he called her instead because she's had her own life-altering experience didn't want to bother her. So he's referring to uh, her mother at this point. Mulder asks that this be kept between him and Einstein, who says that won't be a problem because she won't be participating in this lunatic endeavor with him, to which Mulder replies, so that's a maybe? (laughs) So I have to ask, which communication theory are you leaning towards? Scully's uh, very science-approved conventional theory or Mulder's lunatic and very illegal theory? Which one interests you more? Which one do you think is going to actually get the answers they need the illegal one of course absolutely Absolutely. yes i think both of them are pretty cool like when scully was mentioning the whole brainwaves thing i'm like yeah yeah that sounds plausible like that's probably have been done before and then when Mulder said his i was like yeah well that goes along with the show's uh ideas and plots so probably both of them are gonna be pretty good so (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with some nerd stuff real quick I think that the electroencephalogram, that device that Scully wanted to use on Senior Terroristo, yeah. um, I think those are just the coolest. They're uh, up there with uh, functional MRI machines. I think those two devices are like the coolest things people have ever invented because you can measure thinking. That's that the coolest awesome. stuff. So I, I got to give some uh, some due props to Scully for bringing in the neat toys. That's cool. I think this was another failed chance at, like, spicing things up. It would have been maybe interesting to have seen both of the Mulders working together and both of the Scullies working together. Yes. Yeah, why didn't that happen? Damn. Instead of, like, working with their younger inverse. Foiled by the script. Yeah, I agree. Chris Carter is so much better than this. I'm sorry, like... Not impressed so far. I can see the future, and I think it might be fairly low scores. Yeah, like the second movie, you know. Anyways, so we're going along. We Leave the religious those... people alone. That was harsh. <laughs> huh? Who's harsh? 
hate on the second movie? I mean, uh, it just, it was good. I'm not going to get 2008 was not good to anybody. I think they did the best they could. That's, that's, okay, that's that's very true. All right, I, I reject my, or I retract my <laughs> statement. I reject it too. Oh my. <laughs> so going along, we see the comatose terrorist in the hospital. Miller and Scully are by his side. Scully wants to try a novel but not untested protocol on the young man, and Miller says he's open to whatever. Of course you are. You're young and you don't know anything. Scully then explains that doctors were able to communicate with patient 23 using MRI images, essentially prompting him with mundane questions to spark electroactivity in the brain that warranted yes and no responses. She warns Miller that they may not get the intel that he was hoping for. Two men from the, from the Department of Homeland Security barge in and say that the FBI has no jurisdiction over this case and ask that Miller leave immediately. Scully asks about their business here, to which one man suggests they call their superiors if they have any questions, and Scully says they're not leaving the room. The one man then whispers to the other in Arabic, to which Miller demands they leave instead and proceeds to take their picture. So he's just like, you know what, if you're not going to leave, I'm going to take your pictures, going to report you, and you're going to be gone. So, and then they just started to leave. So we then see Agent Einstein walk into the hospital, only to be stopped by security. She says she's been assigned to this case with Agent Miller, just as she catches a glimpse of Scully, to her confusion. She calls Mulder and asks that he come to Texas ASAP. Once Mulder arrives, Einstein weighs him down and hands him the magic mushrooms he asked for. He asks what changed her mind on his plan, so she explains how she found Scully with her partner, professional animus, as Mulder calls it. Einstein then warns him that this drug must be taken in secret, and that he shouldn't take more than one tablet at a time. And however lunatic, she's expecting results. Then, FBI Special Agent Bram comes into the hospital room to warn Miller and Scully that the hospital is under terror threat and says he needs to clear this wing of the hospital before the bomb squad comes in. Bram doesn't know where the threat came from, but he says there's a large unassimilated Muslim community in the area who share a wish to wipe you, as in Scully, and America off the map. Miller is scrutinizing Bram, saying they're trying to communicate with this terrorist this who is in a coma, and that he hears everything that Bram is saying, uh, no matter how racist or otherwise. They've got it under control, so Bram walks away, pressing for evacuation. Miller and Scully leave the room unattended, save for the man's nurse, who shuts the door and switches off his life support. <sighs> okay, so I have two questions. Uh, First, uh, uh. yeah, oh, and that, that made my blood boil. So now that we know a little bit more about each way of communication, how do you feel about how Mulder and Scully each want to approach this case? Is it out of the normal, out, out of the blue, or is it like, you know, old, old time approaching? Second, how did you feel about Special Agent Bram and the nurse making those rude and racist comments toward the the terrorist? Were, were you shocked or were, did you expect it? And to be honest, I kind of expected it, but I want to hear what you guys say. Well, it is Texas, so I expected it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I expected worse. Like when uh, when the nurse kind of was going and unplugging the life support, like you know the oh god, it's making me sound like a horrible person. But probably like the only reason why I kind of felt bad for the terrorists was because you know the whole plot of the episode was to try to get you know information out of him. But you know. In all honesty, if that happened and the nurse unplugged it and nobody knew about it and he just died, well, that just sucks, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, he just blew up probably about, like, 50 people. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Um, but the only reason why I kind of felt bad is because we still needed information out of him, so you needed to keep him alive. You know what I mean? 
But it's Texas, and, like, it's the southern states, and, you know, they're still cruel there, so... Yeah, no offense to our Texas listeners, but you guys are a red state, so there are a lot of conservative people there that would have said exactly what they had said in the episode, if not worse. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's not surprising, but, I don't know, I guess... And the whole episode was brought around it, too. And, you know, everybody in the world thinks, you know, negatively against terrorists, as anyone should. But, you know, there's lots of stupid stereotypes and stuff like that that, you know, everywhere around the world still needs to get over. Um, but as for the approaches that they that um, the pairs have been taking, it seems pretty fun. <laughs> um, you know, Fox, he's going to be taking his little mushrooms soon and... We're going to see how that goes, and it's pretty fun. Yeah, I think they went the route that they would have gone in the original series. Like, she would have taken the more science-y approach, and he would have done the unconventional thing. Yeah. I I, I was kind of weirded out by how fun part of this was and how miserable some of the rest of it was. But uh, the the racist nurse slash uh, cop dude... That, I think, was where some of this episode started to shine for me, because they started to do... You love a good the... racist. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I kind of do when they, <laughs> when they play them right, when they, uh, when they kind of set them up almost like straw men, but like they, uh, they make it not palatable, not appealing to have somebody standing in front of a helpless person and uh, saying awful stuff about them. I thought that was the direction that they were going to go from the beginning, and I thought we were going to get some big reveal at the end, but it actually wasn't them, and it was actually like a big smear campaign um, against the, quote, unassimilated Muslim community. Um, that would have, I think, satisfied my my inner dirty liberal um, way more than what we ended up with, which was... Muslim people blow people up sometimes and this is just another one of those cases and get used to it because the X-Files blah 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 um, I think they could have gone a really interesting route and had some sort of it turns out it was the the bigots all along but they didn't mm-hmm. Yeah. so I agree. just had this one moment of villainizing people who hate people on principle and then they just let go yeah like if they could have turned this into some like alien thing like I thought that would have been cooler instead of actually it just being terrorists because we see that like all the time like and I didn't think that this was like a drama show like I wanted to be more sci-fi but like we have seen in the past like in past seasons where it's like it's not even sci-fi it's just like a killer but you know there's always there's always something different about them there's always like a genetic modification or mutation or something like that so if they brought that in to this whole terrorist thing like i think that could have been better than it just being terrorist like the whole like the whole you know trying to figure out what he was thinking and information like getting that but like magic mushrooms like that that was it like that's all the sci-fi thing you could come up with is like magic mushrooms kind of thing i don't know and it would have made more sense because Sveta, like what we saw with her in the first episode oh gosh, or two, you're bringing that her would have back. made more sense. Well, yeah, bring her back. I'm, I know she's <laughs> dead, but hey, it would have been funny if she maybe had been doing this or wh- whoever the men are, you know, the syndicate that 
is doing this. That would have been very interesting if it was part of their plot, but it was just terrorists. It's like not just terrorists. Like that sounds awful, but like, yeah, like Greg said, it's just like, oh, this is something that happens in the world. Kind of just get used to it because this is our world now. It's like, I don't accept that. That's, it doesn't have to be our world now. This is not who we are. This is not us as North America or anywhere in the world. Like that's not something we should be accustomed to. And, and we should not be making a spectacle of it on TV. If there was a sci-fi uh, aspect like Madison said, absolutely, then, you know, it would be something totally different and we wouldn't be able to connect it to our real world. But, you know, like I said earlier, there's a line being crossed here. It's like there's so much real world being coming into the new X-Files that it, it's kind of almost too much in a sense. And then, you know, it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be happening. Like, I don't know. So I was kind of hoping, like I said with everyone, I stay with everyone when I say I was hoping for some kind of alien or weird phenomena crap just to come out of this but you know drugs so yeah and they tried to combine it with that conversation at the start of the episode about the trumpets and, and that kind of thing yeah, and, and i've never really i'll be i'll be honest i never really understood how that connected with it they, they seem to yeah. try to make it seem as if it was going to be something extraordinary and really it was just a straightforward terrorism plot which unfortunately yeah, they, i think we all would have liked to have seen a, a better uh result of it but unfortunately it's the world that we live in and they decided to take something that was i guess literally ripped from the headlines as a uh, law and order usually does can i just yeah, say I that it was really confusing because I'm not saying, this is a disclaimer, I'm not saying that, you know, Islamic radicalism is, is like a religion by any means, but it's, it's more of like a an evil movement, So I, and it's not all Muslim people, it's not. Correct, it's a, it's a specific sect of yes. the religion. It's almost as if, yeah. like, and it's unfortunate that they're doing that to the Muslim community, because they don't do that to Christians. They don't no, do that to no. Christians that bomb places, like, they don't say, oh yeah, my gosh, the, uh, you know, all of a sudden, the all these Christian people are doing yeah, this just the ones that look suspicious and like oh white christian men don't look suspicious to you you know the, some people are, are corrupt and it's like not all christians but it's not all muslims either but what i'm getting at is the fact that and it's also the fear of the other because yeah. a lot of people don't understand the muslim community yeah which is awful this just that didn't this didn't help for sure but wh like what i'm trying to get at is that if they kind of molder of all people molder threw in like a bible verse about the end times and it's like okay i am a christian and you know that's something i believe but it's not something they should be playing with in an episode where they're actually gonna play out this plot of terrorism like that that was weird and it just didn't really fit at all like you said they're trying to string it along to make it yeah. seem like there's something more but yeah, it's like and okay like and Mulder's not the biggest bible thumper He's not. He's the absolute the opposite. opposite. Yeah. yeah. And they've used religion in other episodes, like, before, too. But, like, not to this extent where it's just... I don't know. And it's become such a topic in our world, like, today, with everything that's going on. It's just, like, this wasn't, like, not needed. It was, Everything in this episode just was not needed. Yeah. And, you know, just, like, with the whole Babylon thing and, you know, the, the horns. And it's just, like, why? Why? Um, like, but yeah, in in past episodes of the X Files, they do it tastefully, like where they revolve, like they involve Christianity or something. They do one, they do it tastefully. It relates to the entire episode, and then we get this, and I'm just like, what am I supposed to? What am I supposed to believe? Like, I want to believe, but what? You know, <laughs> that's kind of I think how we're all feeling. But um, it, I I do want to get into the the best part of this episode, so we will 
head there now so we can um, put this mess behind us for now. Listeners, you're going to get a taste of what Sam's dreams are like. Oh, <laughs> I don't even dream. Like, I barely dream. So that's a that's a false falsity. So. Oh, you need some mushrooms and stuff. I guess. I guess. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. So we move along and we see Mulder and Einstein arrive at the hospital and they walk into the room. The nurse quickly switches the machines back on because she's like, nope, I'm just in here. I'm not doing anything suspicious. I'm not a racist. Just uh, doing my job. So the nurse informs them of the bomb threat and evacuation, to which Einstein says that they have special authorization and shows the nurse her badge. She asks the nurse to leave for a few minutes, but she seems to be resistant, proceeding to question the attention this man is getting and making another slew of racist comments towards minority groups in general, not just this, this man. So I see Einstein trying to lure her out so that Mulder can eat the drugs. So successfully, finally, we see Mulder place the first mushroom tablet in his mouth. As the nurse walks towards Einstein, Mulder puts the second tablet in his mouth. Now, remember she said to put one in your mouth at a time. Don't take both. But clearly he's... We know Mulder's not someone that listens to the rules very often, if ever. So I was not surprised when he did both. Um, Einstein leads the nurse out and leaves Mulder alone with the man. Mulder swallows the pills and then sits next to his bed. Outside, the nurse claims that this is a plot created by the United Nations in order for immigrants to form terrorist groups in the U.S., and she's very adamant about this. Einstein engages her theory, seemingly to keep her out of the hospital room. Like, she doesn't agree with anything she's saying, but she's like, yep, that's very, very bad. We shouldn't let them get away with this. So then, the nurse then questions the research, like, oh, so you're uh, you're doing some research on this man. And she's like, yeah. And then the nurse goes, uh, oh, well, your partner already left. So then <laughs> Einstein looks back and she sees that Mulder is actually gone. So this is my absolute favorite part of this episode. So we then see Mulder through a sense of double vision, walking through the hospital and interacting with everyone he walks by. He seems very laid back and begins to dance a little as he walks through the hallway. He's suddenly in the middle of an intersection, which he, seem, which he seems to be unaware of, and waves each speeding car off like it's nothing. Like, oh yeah, I'm not even in, in traffic. This is awesome. Like, he's just, like, so happy. I've never seen him this laid back before. Um, Mulder then appears at a bar and begins to line dance to a Billy Ray Cyrus song, and apparently he's got some moves. The spotlight is then on him, and he begins to freestyle, and the ladies rush up to him. Mulder is then sitting amongst Skinner and the lone gunman with countless dancers surrounding them. Mulder shows off his cool branding irons that read mush and room on them on his hands, which was I thought was hilarious. His reality starts to spin out of control as the dancers begin their show. We pull focus to Mulder, who is suddenly laying down shirtless in a dark room. And Einstein is there too, as a dominatrix. She whips him repeatedly until he says what she wants to hear. And then Mulder finds himself in a heaven-like scenario, sort of. He is on a boat with many rowers, and they're all hooded, and the cigarette smoking man is the captain of the ship. He whips Mulder repeatedly and taunts him with the truth, like, oh, you want the truth? You're in the right place to get it, buddy. So then he looks up to see the young suicide bomber in his sullen mother's arms. Mulder approaches them, and the young man whispers something to him, like he's he's in a vegetative state still, but he's awake long enough just to whisper something to Mulder. Um... So, okay, guys. So what did you guys think of Mulder's trip? There was a lot going on there, and I explained it within, like, a minute or so. But what did you guys think when you watched it? It was batshit crazy, and I liked it. Really? I didn't. I I did. I thought it was weird. I thought it was one of those, like, weird, trippy moments of the X-Files. 
I just I hated that whole scene. Like, just from the camera work with, yeah, with everything you. being blurry, blurry around, and I was just so uninterested. Like the whole beginning kind of thing when like Mulder was like, you know, doing the whole thumbs up to people and stuff like that. Like that was pretty funny. And then like when he gets into the um the bar or club or whatever and he starts dancing it was just like okay when is this gonna end i'm kind of done with this and i don't know like the whole camera angles and the whole blurry like that was just it was just like it was too much i just i didn't like it It, i just felt like it was dragging on and i don't know but when it got to the whole like dream thing that was kind of like okay uh it was more interesting more to the point but I don't know. I just felt like it dragged on so much, and it was just so kind of unneeded. It's because he took two pills. Like well, there's that. Yeah, there's <laughs> that too. I can agree with some of what you're saying. I will say it did seem very disjointed from the episode as a whole. And I know that we kind of discussed this in uh, one of the previous ones. It might have been the exact previous one where we had the Band-Aid Nose Man and uh, we had uh, like all that was going on with Dana and her mother. It was almost as if this could have been like two separate episodes. Like there's like, you know, the psychedelic stuff that Mulder was doing and then like the really serious terrorism plot. It just was disjointed and it didn't seem to mesh together. But as a whole, like I thought the dream fantasy psychedelic sequence was interesting i will say the cinematography was kind of odd and the choices that they made to make it seem kind of psychedelic was a little weird but i did enjoy seeing like you know the smoking the 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 cigarette smoking man and and the lone gunman and and even uh, einstein as like a kinky dominatrix and i mean it was it was interesting I, i thought like their choices were kind of neat i will say the dancing sequence was a little bit long like i didn't need to hear achy breaky heart and i think the other one was like honky tonk something honky tonk badonka donk there you go which is I, what uh, sam has i agree completely. uh no thank you <laughs> no, no. but i do agree completely with you there like um the the first bit could have done without it that last bit i it redeemed itself Almost completely. I really enjoyed the scene on the boat. I thought that visually it finally found its footing and got me interested again. Um, it, it was like a renaissance painting, so I was super good with that. Um, but yeah, no, as a, as a whole sequence, I, uh, I really could have done without the whole honky-tonk, badonkadonk situation. Yes. Like yeah, and he was he was even dancing like on the floor for a while and I'm like okay whatever and then like when he when he sat down and then there was dancers in front of him and stuff and I'm like dude like how long are you gonna be at this place like get over it like just move on it was just it was so long and just so unneeded like where did he go like he just I also I left. struggle with the idea that he's such a fucking lightweight. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I feel like Mulder <laughs> would have had a trip or two in his time. Yep. Yeah. Just that crazy in general. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I kept on wondering, much like what Madison just said, like where exactly did he go? Was he just like walking the streets? Was he like in an alley? Did he actually go into a uh, you know a country line dancing bar? Like I, I was, I was wondering, like where is he really? Yeah, me too. I was like, how much of this is real? Because I feel like some of it was real. Like, the hospital was. I feel like the street was. I don't know 
what where from that point it was real because I was just like, it's just like the room started to spin a lot. Honky tonk, donk No, 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 ever, never again, ever. Oh my gosh! I I already didn't like. Sam was traumatized. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't really like country music before this, and I kind of do. I don't. Hate and now it. you hate it even more. And now I hate it a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, it comes with the images too, as well. But anyways, let's get back into the the really harsh, crappy stuff. Well, not crappy, but serious um, stuff. It, it was a nice break from what we were just been given. I'll say that. Does everyone agree with that? Like it was kind of a, even yeah. though it was kind of long and drawn yeah. out, it was a little nice. Yeah. I was ready to get away from from where I was. Yeah. Well, we're jumping right back in, so I apologize, but this is how the episode went. So, coming back to reality, we see a group of suicide bombers. Their leader is instructing them on how to successfully commit their act of terror. They all chant, God is the greatest, like, over and over again. So, quickly switching back to the hospital, we see Scully attempting to communicate with the young man. Miller begins to speak Arabic, explaining he was in the bureau with Iraq and knew some phrases. His brainwaves looked promising, but Scully suggests it may be a false positive and that they need more solid baseline. Moving forward, we see Skinner in Muller's hospital room. He tells Muller the reality of the situation, that he was an embarrassment. So we realize that most of this probably was real. Einstein walks in and Muller pleads her to tell Skinner that she allowed this, to which she agreed. And then she pulls out the mushrooms and states that they were actually niacin pills claiming Mulder's trip was due to, pl- to due to a placebo effect. Mulder is outraged and says he did talk to the terrorist, but he didn't understand because it was in Arabic. As Einstein wheels Mulder out of the hospital, she explains that some of his trip was real. The line dancing was reported to the FBI by some frightened middle-aged Texans. <laughs> oh, jeez. Mulder states that Einstein is just covering her ass, but either way, Einstein is looking at consequences. Mulder stops her in her musings to allow in a familiar woman, the suicide bomber's mother, who was outside of the hospital. So I have two questions. So first one, do you agree that Einstein was just covering her ass? Like, do you actually think that she gave him mushrooms or maybe they were nice and pills? Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, like, that's what I was thinking because I, like, I think that he actually had the mushrooms and she was just being like, yeah, no, I didn't give them to you. Because, like, why wouldn't she? Like, yeah. yeah, the whole placebo effect is a thing. Like, it is a thing. But I don't think Mulder would be, like, dumb enough, I guess, to do the whole placebo effect, too. I don't know. I feel like he would kind of notice. Because even though Mulder, like, wants to believe in stuff so badly, I still think that the drugs would have made him walk around and go to a club instead of, like, sitting actually with the terrorist. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, and I just feel like you, I don't know, it just, it, it was too drawn out for it to be, like, a placebo. I don't know, how how high could you get off of a placebo if you're just told, like, oh, I know the power of suggestion is strong, but, like, how far does that power go? Like, does it really, like, you know? So I was kind of doubtful of that. Um, yeah. Okay, and, that, and the second question would be, at this point in the episode, do you believe that the agents will be able to infiltrate any further terror plots, plots should there be one? Like, they're not getting anywhere. Like, Mulder clearly didn't work out with the drugs, and Scully didn't. Like, the brainwaves are kind of, like, okay, but they're not, like, fully working. Like, do you guys think there's, like, hope here at all? At that point in the episode, I really started to just kind of doubt the whole team a little bit. So, I was I was very much up in the air at this point. It could have gone either way. Mulder, uh, he s- sucked real bad at drugs. 
And oh gosh. Scully wasn't uh, wasn't pull- well. She wasn't not pulling her weight, but they weren't getting anything particularly useful from the uh, the EEG. So I was I was ready to throw in the towel and just be like, well, I guess more people are going to get blown up. Yeah. So we will see what happens, though. Okay. So Mulder brings this woman Nora to her son, whose name's Shiraz, and all four agents are surrounding them. She stumbles at the sight of her son and begins speaking to him in Arabic. She then tells him that he could not have killed anyone. This isn't how she raised him. She claims he loses his nerves when he sees innocent faces of those he attempts to kill. Mulder asks how she knows that, and Nora says Shiraz tells her in her dreams and prayers. She doesn't know the men who taught her son these things. Just as she says that, Shiraz goes into cardiac arrest and dies. And Mulder says that Shiraz spoke to him. So he's like, oh, he spoke to me before he died. Um, so Scully asks Mulder what he means when he says that. Miller asks Mulder what words were spoken to him, to which he replies, Babble all something. Miller translates, he says, Babel is Babylon, like the city. Mulder struggles to find the last word, and Einstein is sick with worry. Like, she's like, oh, please let me tell them what happened. Like, it's all my fault. I let him do this. Pleading to explain. So then Mulder blurs out, Fonduke. Al Fonduke, Babel Al Fonduke. And then Miller then comes to a conclusion. Oh, Babylon the hotel? To everyone's surprise, the FBI is then able to take down a group of several suicide bombers at the local Babylon hotel. The men are taken into custody. According to news reports, this is the FBI's biggest terror attack foil since 9-11. We then see Agent Miller sit down by himself at the airport, trying to catch his breath, when Einstein sits down next to him. Miller dismisses his role in taking the terrorists down, but Einstein praises him for it. She's baffled as to how she did nothing and how it worked, to which Miller said maybe some things are unexplainable. They then blame each other for partnering with their older, similar counterparts, but Einstein did learn something, that words, thoughts, and emotions do have weight in others' actions. Aw, that's so nice. So, okay, so... Now, speaking that- of people boning, they're gonna bone. Yeah. <laughs> I, as so- if they haven't already. Well, there's that. Yeah, yeah. There's always a supply closet at uh, the FBI. <laughs> or two. Um, so that took a whole 180. So what was your reaction to, to these last few scenes? Like how they actually somehow pulled that out of their asses and just like saved Texas. How, how did you guys like feel about that? Well, I like that they used both the science and the drugs to like get but they didn't really use the science well they kind of did a little bit with like at least monitoring his brain and and seeing that he was responsive so i guess there was a little bit of that maybe i don't know maybe i'm like pulling at strings but it's (laughs) in my opinion it's i liked that it kind of uh, they kind of helped each other a little bit. I I thought it was a little funny that like nobody asked Fox what he's like what he said in his dream. Everyone's like, oh well, he said something in Arabic. Oh okay. Well, wh- what did he say? We have translators everywhere. Like, how why did it take so long up until this point where he died that they asked him what he said? Like, they had to wait until this, you know, particular point in the show. I don't know. Like, I was just like, well, why didn't you ask him right away? I don't know. Did you think that was weird? Yeah. I thought that was weird. 
Yeah, I agree. It wasn't until Miller was like, well, what did he say? Like, Skinner didn't ask originally, and neither did Einstein. Like, I don't care about Einstein, to be honest. I knew she wasn't going to ask because she's in trouble. But, yeah, and Miller's just like, well, what What did they say? And, like, he was the only one on scene that could actually, like, translate. You know, so that, I think that was, I guess, convenient, but also kind of, like, not stupid, but come on, guys. Like, who? There, there's got to be more than one agent or someone in the hospital that could, like, translate, you know? Like, I don't know. It was just kind of... And his mom could have made... Well, she can speak English and she can speak Arabic. So, in any event, like, I just thought it was kind of shocking. Like, they just it just kind of came together kind of fast. And, yeah, I guess, like, we've been saying this whole time, like, the six episodes thing. Like, it just kind of had to be pulled together at the last minute, which was interesting. But, like, do you guys think that could happen in real life? Like, that doesn't happen like that, does it? Like... Taking psychedelic easy. drugs and dancing a honky tonk, badonka donk. Well, <laughs> yes, that absolutely and... happens. I can vouch. Yes, right. it oh, happened oh, to Greg okay. this weekend. Well, <laughs> I mean, what I mean to say, I should clarify. Um, do you guys think that like following terrorist attacks is like it, they could ever happen that fast? Like that that just seems so unrealistic to me. And they're they're doing so well at bringing in the real world, but like they just resolved this so quickly. I found. I yeah, like, I agree. You know? it, it did get resolved really fast. It was almost like, oh, okay, that's what I said. Oh, okay, the Babylon Hotel. Okay, let's go right now. Let's set up a team and, like, have them storm into the hotel. Like, I don't know if that was maybe believable, but I liked their attempt at taking on something that's, like, really going on in the real world. I just, and I know we've said it, like, a billion times, like, it, if there was like a twist, I, I think it would have been a little bit more interesting. Maybe it was a little too real for the X Files, even though they did use like psychedelic drugs and there was like a whole interlude and, and that kind of thing. I mean, like the main storyline, like the crux of the episode, was like very like real life. It was uh, it was not the X Files. It was like Homeland or um, I don't know, Madam Secretary. Would you say maybe. it felt too grounded, maybe, for the X Files? Yes. Yes. There you go. I like Honka Tonk Badonka Donk. You got it right. All right, we need to stop saying that. <laughs> I will. Never. I will leave right now. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> and I'm, we're almost done, so I could, I shouldn't leave. Um, so finally, we see Mulder looking in the mirror, and in his, in his hallucination, where Dominatrix Einstein whipped him, Mulder finds two red rash marks in, in oh real life. Oh my gosh! So, so that kind of like. I need to have Sam saying Dominatrix Einstein all the time. Uh, no. You're, you just replay this podcast like ten times. I That's will. It'll be my new ringtone. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, that was weird. Like, did anyone find that weird that the, the marks were real? Like, they actually ha- happened? Because like, I had thought up until, like, the, the bar scene that that was real and then the rest of it wasn't real. So That's the guys... twist. It was all real and he almost boned her. So... Well, that's not a good enough <laughs> twist for the X-Files. I'm sorry. That's, that's not. Well, you forgot the biggest twist of them all. We're going to get to that in a moment. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm getting there. So after he discovers this uh, mark on his body, he goes outside to sit on his deck. And just so you know, uh, one of my favorite songs, Ho Hey by the Luminiers, is playing. And I was like, yeah, it's so this good. is so cool. Like, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know why they put that there. Like, why? Why? What, does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Does Mulder listen to Illuminators? It's 2016 okay. reasons, I think. He uh, does, yes. All right. Sing some oh. of it, Sam. No. Uh, no, thanks. 
Anyways, um, so then Scully drives up and walks up to him, wanting to talk about his scheme. So why he thought that was, like, okay, why he thought it would work. Mulder says Scully would have never bought that, and that he's right, but she did like the placebo effect. Mulder is determined that he did see powerful things, despite any placebo. If there was one. I still think it was the real drugs. But anyways, Scully says she saw things, too. Hate that appears to have no end. Mulder then takes Scully's hand and they go for a walk. He says he's been thinking about God, the angry God of the Tower of Babel and Babylon. Um, so quick reference. So the Tower of Babel is a story in the Bible where all these men who were, I assume, English speaking, um, were building a tower to heaven and then God didn't like it. So he confused the languages and then no one ever spoke the same language again, unless they were in, in their, uh, their areas so they all spoke english they all spoke french etc etc so Mulder's view of god is this angry angry deity um that this lesson didn't stick but the anger remains scully compares him to allah in the quran ordering death to infidels Mulder says the way these suicide bombers act is like a placebo effect they swallow the pill so to speak and act accordingly Scully suggests this new wisdom was from the mushrooms, and Mulder refuses to believe that, that motherly love trumps this hate. Um, that mothers aren't just having kids to raise martyrs. Scully agrees, saying a child is not the tool to spread hatred, and that maybe it is God's will to find a common language again. And maybe it's beyond words. Maybe everyone needs to open their hearts and truly listen that way. Mulder then hears the trumpet sounds that the witness cl- witnesses claim to have heard after the art gallery bombing. So he looks out in the distance and he hears these trumpets. And Scully doesn't hear them. It wasn't the pan- Lumineers. What? I said it was not the Lumineers. Oh, oh. Well, ho, hey. Jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> hey, ho. Hey, oh. <laughs> you guys need a coffee. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Come on. Full <laughs> focus here. So we pan out to see a gorgeous shot of the Earth. So this life lesson just got dropped in our laps. We sort of see a connection where Scully says, you know, I see hate that doesn't really have an end here. And that's like the common denominator of this episode, I felt. Um, And then we get this really nice picture. We get this really nice picture of planet Earth. So like, and that was it. So any final thoughts on the end of this episode? Like how it all kind of, I guess, tied together, if you can say that? Um, if I... (laughs) Well, you know what Uh, I learned? You know what I mean? You know what I I learned? I learned, uh, Sam, and I think I learned, like, the biggest life lesson of them all. What I learned is, I belong with you, you belong with me, you're my sweet... Heart. Okay, well, I think that you're missing the whole point of this episode. <laughs> oh, I thought that was like the big lesson. If Mulder and Scully could have walked a little bit longer holding hands and, you know, being so close together, that would have been a good way to end the episode. Yes. Because and I, then they get abducted. I could see them staring into each other's eyes for like so much longer. I would be okay with that. Um, but the whole like trumpets sounding at the end, I was like, Really? Really? Like, this is so cheesy. I don't know. That wasn't a I relevant thought... point in the beginning. It was just like a theory Mulder had, and he heard it again, and I was like, oh, why? It was so weird. It was a callback to, like, the first five minutes of the episode, and made no damn sense. Yeah. Exactly. Not touched on again until the end. It's like, oh, really? I still think the trumpets were the Lumineers. 
I think that if you if you go into those backing tracks, you'll probably find that that trumpet of the Lord in there somewhere. Yes, yeah, yeah, it it's in between help. the hoe and the hay. You need help, Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> we all agree on that, but <laughs> we have uh, some episode reading to do. So now that we've finished uh, finished our recap of this episode, it's time to rate it. You may rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 UFOs. If you happen to find this episode exceptional, you may give it a golden UFO. And I'm really expecting you guys to give all your golden UFOs tonight. So, uh, all right, let's start with Greg. What did you uh, want to rate this episode? Oh, I don't even know. I I have been trying to put it out of my mind until today, honestly. Um, I mean, it was fine. Um, but that's the best I'm going to be able to give it. Fine. Where does fine fall? Is that like a five? Is that like a four and a half? Somewhere in there. It was uh, it was a strong fine from Greg Brand. All right, so I'll take that. So as a what five. number is that? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it is. It's got to be like a four and a half. I was I was pretty uh, disaffected at the end of this little uh, this little adventure. On the account of the fact that there's no point five UFOs, I'll say it's a five. <laughs> You, know. you can have a half of a UFO, well, Sam. Roswell. Yeah, it was the, the first episode. It crashed. We saw half a UFO. Oh, okay. Yes. So Sam's Greg's being a stickler for mathematics. <laughs> well, Greg's got the only half UFO, so we can't just like be pulling those out, giving them out. All right. So, uh, all right. So Greg has a 4.5 out of 10. Uh, Poppy, what are you going to rate this episode? Well, I'm sorry because I found the other half. I'm giving it a five and a half out of ten. <laughs> and five and a half UFOs. Five solid UFOs. A half with like some green alien goop oozing out of it. Because, in my opinion, it was a decent episode. It wasn't bad. Like, I feel like we've seen worse, like in the original series, maybe. I don't know, it's been so long since I've seen the originals. But I, I feel like. There had to have been something worse before. Uh, there were elements that I liked. Like, I didn't mind uh, the new agents. The psychedelic thing was okay. And even, I know that I've sort of been harping on it, but like even like the grounded and realism storyline wasn't horrible. It just all just didn't mesh well together. And plus the trumpets and... It, the lacking of a twist like i think we all because we're all fans of the x-files and we all love uh, seeing what they do when they do handle and tackle real world situations they always do throw in like a twist it's it isn't always what it seems and unfortunately it was exactly what it seemed this time around and i think if they would have paired up the newer agents differently with the older agents with our og agents then i don't know maybe it would have made more sense so unfortunately i would say and this is without spoiling uh, my reaction to the finale i think this is the clunker of the bunch sorry blame it on texas wow. or maybe not we love you texas <laughs> Okay, so we have a 4.5 and a 5.5. Okay, Madison, what are you going to rate this episode? Give it a 0.5 to piss Sam off. I don't know if I want to do that. Okay. You don't want to do that. No, I don't want to make Sam Oh, laugh. gosh, I'm scared. <laughs> well, Poppy. Um, hmm. <laughs> you know, my typical dragging out. Um, I love it. You're a regular Ryan Seacrest in the making. <laughs> yeah. I'm call her so, that from now on. 
Yes, you should. Show. And we'll oh, get no. uh, Madison's reaction after the break. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, God. So, I'm going to say a five. I'm going to say a five. Because it sucked. Um, there's that. <laughs> the whole terrorist thing did not need to be in the episode because this is not a drama it is a sci-fi show so i felt like there is needed to be so much more sci-fi involved in the show because like there was nothing except for shrooms and that can be done in any type of tv show um so the big I was bang like, theory <laughs> exactly so I was really disappointed with that because there was basically no sci-fi. They brought in these two younger, basically, you know, Fox and Dana pissed me off because it made it seem like they were trying to replace them or, you know, introduce these characters to try to show, well, these are the new younger people that you're going to be seeing in the next couple seasons to come possibly. So that made me mad. Um, but other than that, like, it was still okay. Um with the acting and everything like that. Like I said, the whole shroom sequence, I didn't like that at all. But uh, yeah, so I think a solid five because it wasn't great, but it wasn't like I turned off my TV. So what about you, Sam? I'm also going to have to give a five because yeah, I just, when one of my favorite shows, you know, I usually get excited about watching it. When I had to watch this one, I was just like, ah. Like, I didn't want to. Like, you know, I just, uh, I wasn't excited. Like, I like seeing Mulder and Scully, and I like seeing what they're up to. But it's just like, ah, uh, like, I, I wanted more. I wanted a lot less of what we were given. I wanted a lot more of what we were used to, which, you know, which is very, uh, very broad statement because we're used to a lot of phenomena and aliens and monsters of the week. Like, this this honestly pales in comparison to um, the wire monster a couple episodes back like I it's like night and day which is kind of scary because like how can a show go from being so amazing to like so like it's just letting me down like I don't oh, understand yeah, I that agree. like ah mm-hmm. oh, it's just so I'm, I was like at the end of this episode I was really hoping that the finale would like give me something it's called my struggle too so it's like a continuation of the first episode I assume and it's like okay this is gonna be a little bit better than what we were just given yeah like um, this episode this episode was definitely probably the worst episode out of her like well not ever but like out of this season out of the six episodes or whatever like definitely not like even when we were talking about the episode where dana's mom passes away and we were all like oh she deserves so much more this episode you know like there's two things going on even that episode was better than this one i thought yeah, even though it was like very confusing and very packed with stuff, it wasn't like awful. You know, it was a callback to a lot of stuff from the original series, so it was just like better for sure. So yeah, I will have to give it a five. And yeah, join us next time for a brand new installment of The Truth Is Out There. Visit poppychuloradio.com/archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archive of previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for The Truth Is Out There and subscribe. Please like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Follow the show on Tumblr, thexfiles-pcr.com. 
Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com slash Radio. Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an honor personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a very good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, listeners. All you hoes and all you haze. Oh, call oh, <laughs> our listeners hoes. Ho hey. Ah yes. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, All right. Well, Sweet thank you for tuning hug. in. Join us every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of The Truth Is Out There. Good night. Hey. Good night. Good night, listeners. Poppy, go to bed. <laughs>